And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. Did the did somebody just walk in here and change all the blinds on me? Or have I just not noticed this all <laughs> And the stuff you think about and obsess about. <laughs> this side of the room is now dark. Interesting. And it wasn't three minutes ago. And you've been looking that way the whole time. Have you noticed it? Um, I can't say. Of course, my... <laughs> The warrior queen would tell you that my powers of observation are not Sherlockian. I cannot confirm or deny, Luke. I, somebody came in here and, and closed the blinds, right? When I was when I walked out of here. Again, cannot confirm or okay, deny. Somebody had to. It had well, to that's amazing. It had to be like a camera. Somebody thing. just messing with I, you. Well, I, no, I think I know is? who it is because oh. if we video this stuff, oh, it's too bright. It's you can't Jeremy. see it. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. But usually, I'm in here when he does it, and I walked out this time, and I come in, and it's completely different. Jeremy. I kind of like it better right now. Germandering. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Um, back to the uh, the Cardinals and their search for a new general manager. Uh, this is Michael Bidwill yesterday after the show and uh, at his press conference. Well, I'm sure there are lots of factors. I haven't seen it yet. So that's why I say the preference is to hire a general manager first. So. Also talked about a sense of urgency to get this done. Oh, yes. There's an incredible sense of urgency. And uh, believe me, I've been, uh, 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 like I said, on the phone and exchanging texts and messages and phone calls and uh, and getting the input of um, a lot of folks and trying to get a 360-degree view of a number of candidates. And we're also not done looking at it. Um, you know, there is no fixed list at this point. I'm trying to throw the, the net, cast the net as far and wide as I can. Yeah, I like the fact that uh, Michael is doing that right now, not only in-house, of course, but out-of-house. And um, I, I like the fact as well that he's looking at other general managers in terms of saying, hey, listen, you know what? We've got to go ahead and fill our GM position right here. And he's being open-minded in regard to where he's going to go. And I thought it was interesting because Michael Bidwell had a 10-, 12-minute conversation at least with John Lynch on the sideline before the Cardinals played the 49ers. I thought that was interesting right there, right there in the public, of course. Now, was he was he talking uh, trade secrets? I doubt it. Yet at the same time, knowing, of course, the Cardinals want to bring in Rand Carthon and Adam Peters, two guys that are in the front office of the 49ers, I would imagine he asked them a few questions about yeah. those guys. Well, and, and you know, this is where... Like you would, you would think if it wasn't a professional sport, it'd be like, well, yeah. Why is John Lynch going to say anything about those guys? Those are his guys. He wants to keep them, right? But this is where this is where you kind of the competition steps aside for a second. And like I'm sure anybody asking Michael Bidwell about Adrian uh, Wilson or or Quentin Harris, you know, he's saying he's given oh, glowing yeah. recommendations for those guys too. This is how you you ultimately uh, grow the next generation of the game. You said it earlier. If you wanna if you wanna start building and you wanna build based on a model that San Francisco has been following. Following the last few years, other than trading up and getting crazy for Trey Lance, other than that, they haven't had a whole lot of missteps at all in the yeah. last few years. It's why they are at a point where, as they're on their third string quarterback and they're a Super Bowl favorite. That's that's truly I, I can't even believe that. 
when you say that right now. They're on their third quarterback of the season. Hold on, let me let me be fully descriptive. Third string quarterback who's a rookie who was taken with the last pick in the draft. This is not even like, hey, it's our third string oh quarterback, but it's Joe Flacco and he won a Super Bowl, you know, at one point in his career and he's been in the league for 15 years. No, this is a guy that had never been in the league until this year. Yes. It was barely in the league this year. Yeah, and I think also, too, um, Michael Bidwell, I think it's a good way to proceed in terms of actually hiring the general manager first. I think that is. Once again, does it have to be the end-all, be-all? I don't think so. Get it right in the end. You have to get it right in the end. But starting with a general manager, I think it's a good way, a goodly way to proceed. What do you think, in in, in the timing now, this is going to kind of fit together like a puzzle if you're the Cardinals because you have free agency before the draft in football. You're going to need to get your GM and coach before that. You probably want to get your GM before your coach. Michael Bidwell said that yesterday, and and we had Sam Acho on earlier. He said that as well, actually. I think what successful teams do, hire a GM, let that GM be involved in finding the next head coach, because it's I think what works best is the GM and the head coach have to be on the same page. And, you know, uh, Wolf is much better, as good as anyone. You don't want to have a head coach, you might hire a head coach, and that head coach may want say in a roster. Well, the GM might say, well, no, I want the say in the roster. So there has to be some kind of chain of command, right? The most important question should be who's going to be the general manager for, for the Cardinals. And even better yet, hopefully, you know, Michael Bidwell is thinking about this in a way saying, hey, I need to hire a GM first, or at least consider hiring a GM first and letting that GM be a part of the decision on who my next head coach will be. Yeah, you know what? I think that is right on the money. It is, and it makes an awful lot of sense logistically, doesn't it? Not only the fact that Michael Bidwell has somebody to help him, of course, but now you've got somebody that is invested as well. Uh, I think it'd be really um, difficult to justify going out and hiring a head coach and then bringing the general manager in. Now, all of a sudden, yeah, that just doesn't, you that, say that out, out loud, order, yeah. and it just does not work. It's the reason why it I always can, say. But it's just not how you're going to approach it. Yeah, it just, it, to me, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. Now, if you get it right in the end, that's all that matters. Yeah. I mean, there are okay. examples around the league where it has worked. But yeah, here we are. Yes, yes. But for me right now, um, you've got to go with the general manager first. It's the reason why I believe this. This is just me. It's the reason why I think it's the most important hire an owner will ever make is the general manager. The guy that's going to go out and he's going to be involved in hiring coaches He's going to be involved in the head coach, of course, and who that's going to be. He's going to be involved in that. He's going to be involved in the players he brings in. It's why culture on a strategic level and a tactical level have to align based on our needs. They have to. The strategic level says this is what we're going to do. And the tactical level says this is how we're going to do it. And the two have to align Your culture, your belief has to be one and the same on a strategic level and a cultural level. And that's the reason why general manager and head coach, you want them to be invested in each other as well. Let me ask you this. When you talk about building culture here, who do you think 
has more influence on that? The general manager who is going to talk about, you know, who's going to make the decisions on, on what sort of players you draft or the head coach that's going to be interacting with these guys face to face every day? The head coach. Yeah. The head coach. Once again, I want my general manager to be in alignment. He has to. If that. they're not, then you're not going to win. I, I know. I, I just, I think general managers, so much of the time, scouts, they get enamored. They get enamored with a guy, and oh my goodness, they fall in love with that guy because look at it. He's just, he's so big. He's so big, and he's so fast, and he's so this, and he's so that, and he's the guy that looks so good. And listen, I'm not saying that there's not a lot of guys who are pretty football players, guys that look great in a uniform and also go out and ball out on the field. There are guys like that. But can I just say right now, it, it is looking at a guy that doesn't check every box, but the one box he checks and does it with a black marker is the guy that balls out and loves the game above all else. Everybody the Arizona Cardinals bring into the organization. I love talking about this, man. I love it because this is the essence of the game. Everybody they bring in, I I don't care if he's the kicker. I really don't. I don't care what he's going to do. He's got to love the game. He's got to play it. And he's got to love the physicality of the game. Find those guys. They're out there. They're good enough talent-wise. They're good enough to make every play. Find those guys. Everyone, scouts say this all the time with a quarterback. He's good enough to make every throw. He can make every throw. Every throw, he's good enough. What separates a quarterback? Is it just, well, he's got the arm to make every throw. That's great. No, the brain is what separates. That's what you got to do. You got to find linebackers where they're good enough to play the, the position. Inside linebackers, outside. They're good enough to do it. But you know what? They love the game, and they embrace the physicality of it because that's going to be your culture. You're going to tell them this is what you want, and then you're going to demand that they give it to you. And if they don't, they're going to know they're gone. Yeah, it's 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 crazy how much this has changed from like a week ago or the second half of the season that was just such a slog, and every game wasn't even like fun. It was, if you're a Cardinals fan, you weren't even oh, the Cardinals play on Sunday. Am I going to watch that? And just give myself a headache. Now, and, and I'm not even saying this was all Cliff's fault or Steve Kime's fault, but just the decision to make those moves. All of a sudden, it's all in front of you right now. If you're the Cardinals, if you're a Cardinals fan, I've always I've always felt that that hardcore fans will be on board with a rebuild if you can show them this is the direction it's moving. Hey, you may not win as many games as you want next year, but are you building towards something? Can you get invested in the guys you're bringing in and the coach and the GM and the guys you're drafting and you're developing? It's just another brick in the wall. Uh, we come back. The Phoenix Suns losing streak has continued uh, far too long. <laughs> they play Golden State tonight. They're going to be very shorthanded. Golden State is not. How concerned should we be? We'll get into that next. Also, a potential name maybe that they could get for Jay Crowder. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We had this uh, pop up earlier today, and I know if you've been listening to Eric Ruby's updates, Gambo has um, 
I believe, shot this down as a as a reality. But I'm still going to play it anyway. And there's a reason why. Here's Sham Sharania from the rally today talking about a potential player the Suns could acquire. There's been increasing interest in Charlotte Hornets forward Jalen McDaniels around the league as a potential trade candidate. Uh, Sources tell me that the Suns have emerged as a team with interest in McDaniels among several others in recent weeks. And McDaniels is a player who makes sense for the Suns as a target in a potential Jay Crowder three-team deal. This is a 6'9 wing two-way player who's having a career year averaging nearly 11 points, five rebounds, two assists, defends multiple positions, makes over 1-3 a game and he's a favorite of their new coach Steve Clifford, a good developmental success story of Mitch Kupchak so there are rival teams monitoring his status ahead of unrestricted free agency this upcoming offseason where he's going to be a sought after free agent coming up here. Well, let me just start here. Okay. Here's the list of players who don't make sense for the Suns in a potential Jake Crowder trade. Okay. That's it. <laughs> we are I love your take on that. Anybody for Jay Crowder would be an upgrade at this point. And that's not, you know, you'll hear you'll hear people say that, oh, this guy's playing so bad I would take anybody over him. Jay Crowder is not playing. Any active NBA player yeah. is an upgrade for the Phoenix Suns at this point. Yeah, you know, it's it's so cool, too, because I see Jalen McDaniels being a bigger version of Mikael Bridges. Now, again, I'm not trying to compare him defensively. I'm not trying to say that suddenly Jalen McDaniels is going to be considered to be one of the best defenders in the league the way Mikael is. I'm not talking like that, okay? But... When you've got a guy who's 6'9 and has a 7-foot wingspan and moves his feet as well as Jalen McDaniels does and keeps himself in front of dribble drive and penetration and does a good job with that, um, yeah, you know what? That, to me, reminds me of Mikael Bridges, what he does. Yeah, well, and the giant wingspan especially. And Jalen McDaniels... Brother is Jaden McDaniels, who plays for the Timberwolves. So this is not like a Dylan Brooks, Marshawn Brooks situation where the Suns are trying to trade for the wrong guy. Now, it sounds like, again, uh, according to Gambo, that maybe the Suns aren't interested in Jalen McDaniels. Now, I don't know what to believe anymore. I stopped using logic in this entire scenario when Jay Crowder stayed on the team without being on the team as they lost every night, which is what we're living out right now. So Jalen McDaniels, just to give you some of his specs, San Diego State averaging about 11 points a game this season. It's his fourth year about five rebounds, two assists a game, shooting 46% from the field, hitting about one three a game. Like, it's not going to come in and all of a sudden start hitting a bunch yeah, of threes right, for exactly. you. exactly. He's not, he's not Mikhail in that regard. Nobody you're going to get for Jay Crowder is going to be the game changer. If you're looking... Like if you're looking for the Suns to dramatically change their direction this season, you're either trading for a scorer or you're just banking on getting guys back. But if you actually want to make a deep run in the playoffs, you're going to have to trade Jay Crowder for a role player, and Jalen McDaniels fits that category, and he's younger. You know, since we're talking about this right now, can I just throw this out here? Um, I know nobody wants to hear this, and, you know, it's it's pure speculation. Dare I say the height of speculation on this space, but I'm going to do it anyways. uh, Five days... Um, five days is January 15th, and we all know what January 15th means for DeAndre Ayton. We do know that. I ask you this. I put it to you, Greg. I ask you this, okay? Luke, um, 
what you had this. <laughs> you don't. You've never this seen that. Great. I put it to. Oh, you yeah. know what? Honestly, okay. no. You, you. I thought we had a hidden <laughs> guest in David here. David Charles. He knows exactly what I. He's what, probably oh, throwing something exactly. at his room. He's in here somewhere. He's probably um, in the studio over there. Yes, David Charles knows exactly what movie that line is from. I put it to you, Greg. Um, let me just say this though, right here. Um, what now? You got me totally distracted. What? What was I talking about? I don't know. <laughs> you were talking. This about, is just so bad. You were talking what? about Jalen McDaniels. Yes, I was talking about Jalen. You were talking McDaniels about DeAndre Ayton. You were talking DeAndre, about January fifteenth. Uh-huh. Oh, look at this. There we go. January fifteenth, base and earnings right now. Is it possible that James Jones has been holding on to Jay Crowder because it's going to make it easier or better? To move DeAndre Ayton. Is that even a possibility? You mean like in a package deal in together? A pa- exactly right. That's Is that a possibility? I think it is. That's not as extreme as my extreme, extreme conspiracy theory, theory that if they traded DeAndre Ayton, then they would just bring Jay Crowder back. That's the extreme. <laughs> Why are you holding on to Jay Crowder? You know what, honestly, right now. <laughs> okay, that, that one right. I like yours better. No, because I I, mine's not realistic. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Unless, of course, that was the problem. Unless there was an issue between those Unless two, which I don't know that, that there was. was I'm not the saying pro- there is. Exactly right. Yeah. We're not saying that. We're left to speculate. Well, we've been left this to speculate I, for eight months now with this I know. team. Yeah. It's um, just brutal. It really is. I, you, you have to get somebody for Jay Crowder and don't expect it to be a game changer. Jalen McDaniels is not somebody that you're going to trade for and you're going to look back as you're hoisting the trophy at the end of the season and be like, this is all because of that Jalen McDaniels trade, but he could play a role in helping you get somewhere in the playoffs once you get healthy. Like To me, you have to get healthy to make the playoffs. You have to trade Jay Crowder to make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, first of all, listen, he's basically a 3 and D guy. That's what he is. Um, But he's shooting, I think, this this is the highest percentage, just over 37% from beyond the arc mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. He's having what people are describing as his breakout season. Which is possible because he's only 24. Yes. So it really might be a breakout yes, season. Yes, he's a young guy. And once again, he's, he's a guy that can shoot the three. Um but a guy that defensively is going to work really, really hard on the defensive end of the floor, especially against dribble drive. Man, does that sound like somebody that the Suns might be interested in? Could they use that? Heck, yes. Well, let's especially see. if they're going to go back to the culture and double down once they get everybody healthy and go out and play the Suns D the way that we know the Suns can play defense. He's an active NBA player. So I'm interested at this point. Like, just give me an active NBA player that can give you something. He's not like a bad player. This is not some. I mean, he's giving you. He's giving his team right now 11 points a game and, and the five rebounds. And he's very early in his career. His brother's not bad either for Minnesota. We're probably more familiar with him. Although I would say at this point in their careers, Jalen McDaniels has been the more productive one. Yeah. Speaking so. of 11, right there, the Charlotte Hornets. I think they have 11 wins, don't they? Yeah. They've got 11, <laughs> they're 11 wins. A, they're having a off here, right they, there. Yeah, I, mean, we, I guess we could laugh at Charlotte for a little bit. They, they may have Victor <laughs> Wembanyama in in a year, but but That's for right awful. now, they only have eleven wins on the season. So take that, Charlotte. Even though you've never done anything, I put else. it to you, Charlotte, uh, or Greg. <laughs> Why don't you get Greg to answer some just, of your questions? Just do that. Go ahead and Google that. 
I'll just go find David Charles. He's right out there. Text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, back to football, back to the Cardinals. How much would you be willing to give up for Sean Payton? Not just money, but assets. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, it's the name that keeps coming up and is going to continue to be the first name coming up, I would say, for every one of these head coaching jobs. And that, of course, is Sean Payton. Um, I'm assuming he's going to be the first domino to fall. I can't imagine another team goes out and and hires a coach until they at least know they're not getting Sean Payton. Yeah, I think that right there defined they know they're not getting Sean Payton. That that is what you need to define yeah. in that regard. Because, you know what, hey, listen, if he opens the door and says, yeah, I'd be interested in your job, you're not going to shut that until you get something definitive, correct? I, I don't know how you could. You were looking at something earlier during one of the breaks that had the Cardinals as, look, these are Vegas odds. This is not Sean Payton saying, here's my teams, all right? right? right. But the Cardinals are the favorites. And we were trying to figure out during the break, okay, what makes the Cardinals the favorite? Yeah. And I have to think part of it is, A, he must see something he likes in Kyler Murray. A lot. But B, everything's open. Like he comes in, he can bring his people in. It sounds like he's been putting his staff together already, and he's going to have a lot more. I should say this: he has a, the potential to have a lot more control here than he might somewhere else, where he has to fit in around people. Yeah, and you know, I also think as well, Luke, that he does know Michael Bidwell. He does. He does he has a relationship, or had a relationship with a family? So, uh, gotta invoke that clause I talked about yesterday. If you were the ball boy for the team, and they want you. As GM, you right. have to be there, the coach. You have to be the coach, right? So you know, Those I, I would imagine, of course, right. And maybe that's something that Vegas is reading into. <laughs> uh, I want to play this clip from Sean Payton that Maloney found, and it's from September. All right, on with Colin Cowherd, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna play it, and then I'm gonna ask you what you're willing to give up for Sean Payton. Okay, it still gets back to offensively. A, a package that suits his talents, but also takes some pressure off of him as well. And so, look, what would I like to see? I, I'd love to see him uh, have a better running game under center. I'd love to see him hand the ball off to another really good player and take a deep breath. Some layups. Oh, my goodness. There it is right there. There it is right there. I'm, I'm not saying, but it is... It is interesting to hear Sean Payton say that, that that's what he'd like to do. If he, the very first thing, base center needs, he mentions is what? Putting him under center. Or using play action, handing the ball off, and using play action to throw the ball. Um, man, that is the evolution of this offense. That's where it's got to go. You got to blend the old and the new. Are you tired of me? Are you sick of me actually saying it? I'm sick of saying it myself, yet I could not agree anymore and have said so for the last three years. I would be less sick of it 
if they were doing it and it was working. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sick of the fact that they didn't do it and they finished four and thirteen. That's not the reason. It's not the only reason they finished four and thirteen. No. But it's it's what you've been saying for. You were saying this when they were good two years ago. Sure. That there are certain elements that you need to incorporate. And how do you always say it? Expand the football universe if yes. you want to have some stability and consistently moving in the right direction. You know, you say it. We've had Lorenzo Alexander in here before, and he's given us the defensive perspective of that of how much harder it is to defend if the quarterback's under center and he might hand off to the running back that's just been eating you alive or he might fake it and you have to account for the running back and he just rolls out and throws a little pass or he throws deep on you too I always use the example of like hey it's third and one and this running back James Conner's been running all over you we're going to fake the handoff to you you can't cover our quarterback rolling out because you have to account for James Conner on one yard and he throws a four yard pass to Trey McBride or Zach Ertz or whoever well what if he throws a 40 yard pass to Hollywood Brown streaking down the field I mean that's there too Um, it just seems like something that has been missing from the Cardinals and that's you saying that that's Lorenzo Alexander that's that's Dan Orlovsky and yeah now it's Sean Payton and I'm sure others saying it off the record as well so Sean Payton's gonna cost you though it's not just this is not a situation of well Bidwell can afford it you have to give up draft picks too yes how much are you willing to give up not the number three pick in the draft. Can't, I, can't I just it. honestly, I right now, I don't. I why it doesn't make sense that I say that though. I it doesn't. I know. When but you, you can't, think of this guy would come in, he'd be the GM and he'd be the head coach. This guy would come in with all that credibility that Sean Payton has, and maybe because he is an outsider, maybe he's the one guy that can truly reach Kyler Murray. Maybe he's not. See, and that's that's the question. That's the debate. That's what Michael has got to answer himself. And whoever else is sitting around that big rectangle, that's the question that needs to be answered. Does he give you the best chance to fix Kyler Murray or to evolve Kyler Murray? Does he give you the best chance to do it? Because if he does... What else? Yeah. What, uh, I mean, There's honestly, then, what else is there? Then you can have my first round pick next year when I don't expect to be picking. Third. See, that's exactly what I would love to do right there. The 20, hey, we'll give you the first round pick in the 2024 draft. I'd rather just give you two seconds, honestly. And maybe that's the New Orleans started this all off by saying we want two first round picks. I don't think they're getting two first round picks. Now you say that and maybe you get a first and a third or something. There's talk that Denver and New Orleans have already worked out the parameters of what a trade would look like for Sean Payton. Yeah. Because that's what it is. You're trading for Sean Payton. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean he's going there. That just means, I think even like technically that's the way you have to do it. You're supposed to talk to the team. This is what a trade would look like. Now we're going to talk to Sean Payton, see if we want him, see if he wants to come here. I'm assuming Denver's first-round pick is in that trade, but Denver's first-round pick is actually San Francisco's first-round pick. Their first-round pick belongs to Seattle, and it's the what fourth pick in the draft or something. Yes. But the, the pick that they have they can trade is San Francisco's. That might end up being the 32nd pick in the draft. The Cardinals have the 35th pick in the draft. So if that's really what it is, I feel like you could close that gap with an additional pick somewhere else. That's three picks higher, though. It's three Just picks so higher. You know. Just so you I know. I get it. And yeah. there's yeah, yeah yeah and but and you don't know I mean that's counting on San Francisco winning the Super Bowl. What if San Francisco loses in the first round of the playoffs or something? Yeah. It's a much higher pick. Um, but Man, you're right. I would love to see it. The possibilities. I would. Um, Outside of that top three pick, 
yeah, you got to be open to give up almost well, anything. It's not just that. Can you imagine if, in fact, Michael Bidwell did that, how much money it would cost? You stop and think about it, man. How much money he's already eating with the contracts of Cliff and Steve Keim, of course, 45 maybe $50 million, yeah. somewhere in there. And I'm that guessing Sean funded. Payton's not doing it, like, on spec. Just come in. Yeah, just pay me by the win. Yeah, I know. You know what, though? It's so interesting, too. The The matchup between Sean Payton and Kyler Murray is fascinating to me, based on our needs. And the reason why I say that is because um, Payton's got to be scratching his palms, just trying to get... A guy like Kyler Murray, who's as talented as Kyler Murray. He's got to be itching his palms to look at an offense that blends the old and the new. Well, if you're Sean Payton... Because he hasn't had that. You're looking and you're saying, that guy has what I can't teach. And if you're Sean Payton, you're thinking, I can teach everything else. Yes. I'm Sean Payton. Yes. That's why it's so fascinating to me. That, that marriage, so to speak. How cool that would be. Because he's got to be thinking, oh, man, I've never had a quarterback that could actually blend the new with what I do. (laughs) I've never had a guy that was like that. And yet, at the same time, I can help Kyler Murray with the old. I can help him learn how to play the game all over again. I wonder if that isn't the fascination that is there for Sean Payton. Of the teams out there right now that don't have a coach, not not accounting for something strange happening with the Cowboys or the Chargers or whatever, but of the teams out there that don't have a coach right now, the Cardinals probably offer the most intrigue because you have Kyler Murray. And again, we may look at that and say, boy, there's a lot of work to do. Sean Payton looks and says, oh, I could fix that, no problem. And they have openings. They've got a GM and a coaching opening. You know what I mean? Now, I, I do want to say this before we go to break. The second team on this list of Vegas teams with yeah. the highest odds to get them, yeah. the Rams. The Rams. Who technically still have a coach. They even have a Sean. They've got Sean McVay. How many Seans do they need? Okay, so what are their odds? Uh, they, were, they were plus, the Cardinals are plus 250. The Rams are plus 400. Okay. The Saints are plus 500. Okay. They'll just bring them back. So... Yeah, the Cardinals are the highest. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know that I would necessarily want to take over the Rams right now. It's a different conversation for a different uh, time, I guess. All right, when we come back, we'll get back into some of what Michael Bidwell had to say after uh, after the news broke yesterday that the Cardinals are moving on from Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime is stepping down. We'll react to some of the stuff we haven't got to react to yet. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, final segment of the show. We still got a lot of this bid. Well, we got a ton. We're not going to get to play at all, but there's a lot we haven't even got to react to yet, Wolf. And I liked this driving home yesterday. This was. Uh, this is a quote from the Cardinals owner that, that stood out. It was a question that had to be asked, obviously, and they're like, okay. You're going to go out there and get a head coach. Are you willing to pay for the biggest name on the market? Now, obviously, we're all thinking Sean Payton. Well, what I'm willing to do financially is get the best coach and the best GM. I, I, I don't know the biggest name uh, correlates to the best coach. So I, I guess what I would say is I, I definitely want to make sure that we get the best coach and the best general manager for this team and uh, get this team turned around as fast as we can. 
Yeah, you know, that makes sense. There's no doubt about it, man. Just because uh, you've got a big name, it doesn't... Hey, listen, the Arizona Cardinals have had big-name coaches in the past. They have. And I think we'd all agree, just because of the reputation, it doesn't mean you're always going to have the kind of success that built that reputation. I'm just guessing here. I mean, not completely guessing, just connecting some dots. If they don't get Sean Payton... I don't think I don't expect it to be because the Cardinals decided to go cheap. You know what I mean? Like that might be the reaction or that was maybe the fear before yesterday. But you're already kind of pot committed now and that you are paying a coach. And I believe you're still paying a GM, too. And you're going to have to pay a new coach and a new GM as well to get things back on track. I would assume if they don't get Sean Payton, it's because either. A, they don't feel like he would unlock Kyler like you've been talking about. They just don't think that would fit together, which I don't think it'll be that. B, he wants to go somewhere else. Or C, somebody else makes New Orleans a better offer. I mean, it's entirely possible Sean Payton's like, okay, I would go to the Cardinals, the Broncos, or the Panthers. And those three teams make offers to the Saints, and one of those teams is just willing to give up a ton of draft capital. Maybe the Cardinals aren't because they pick so high. Their first-round pick is a lot more valuable than some of these other teams' first-round picks. But I would assume if, if, if that, if all of those things are equal, I don't think the Cardinals are just going to be like, eh, we don't want Peyton because it would cost money. Because you're already, you're already kind of going down this path, aren't you? No, you are. There's no doubt. You're going down that path. And once again, the investment into a coach and a general manager all in one, a guy that you think may be able to turn your fortunes around. And if that is the case, you're going to make a lot more money on the back end. Yeah, That's one of those things you've got to roll the dice a little bit. I think if you're an owner out there and you're getting ready to hire Sean Payton, um, yeah, you're going to pay through the nose. And maybe you've already eaten $40, 45000000 million. So you're already paying through the, through the so nose. Already. So, you know, it's interesting. There are three reasons that I think of as to why um, this move is needed. For, for Michael Bidwell to, to go ahead and basically say, listen, we need a change. And I said this to you earlier. There are three reasons, but one real answer. Can I go ahead and read those off to you, you right you now? You should now. Let me do Okay, do I have time? Well, yeah, you got time, but I mean, now you've built up the anticipation. If you were like, sorry, got to go. Yeah, gather around the transistor <laughs> and press the ear. Um, three reasons why uh, the move was needed. For this organization, number one, Michael didn't think Cliff was the guy to take Kyler to the next level. That that could be one reason. Number two, Cliff didn't think he was the guy to take Kyler to the next level. That could be that could be number two. Number three, Kyler didn't think Cliff was the guy to take him to the next level. Sensing a theme here. You see it there. There are three reasons why I think it was needed. Unfortunately, I have to admit it. Three reasons why it was needed, yet it really is one, isn't it? So that leads to the question of when you're when you're looking at hiring a coach, do we just need to cut all the defensive-minded head coaches out of this conversation? Sean Payton's an offensive-minded guy, obviously. Uh, Vance Joseph is a defensive-minded guy. Now, he's in a different spot see, because he's been here. See, for me right now, just listening to you talk right now, no, no, I'm okay. cutting all the offensive guys out of it, save for one, Sean Payton. 
Oh, so you're cutting all the offensive guys. Oh, out. yeah. Because a defensive minded head coach is going to have that immediate separation from Kyler Murray. Okay. He's going to have that immediate, you know what? I'm going to hire some young crunk brother to work with Kyler Murray. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hire a good offensive coordinator as well. But in terms of having that separation of I am the head coach on this team, you're the player, you're a franchise quarterback, you're a big deal here, and we need you, but I'm the head coach. I'm the alpha. You're going to do what I tell you to do. I, I mean, honestly, you don't have to say it like that. You don't. You just have to live it like that. Is it wrong that every time we bring up a name of a coach or anybody does, I just envision Thursday Night Football and Kyler coming off the field screaming at his head coach, but I envision a different coach each time? Like we were talking yesterday, Jim Harbaugh. That would have been uncomfortable. Sean Payton, I don't think you, if you yell at Sean Payton, I don't think you're playing in the second half of the game, honestly. Probably, probably not. Uh, some of these other guys, I mean, I, I, was, I was looking at some of the other names that are just kind of being tossed around out there since we were looking at the uh, the Vegas odds before that have the Cardinals in the lead for Sean Payton. Now, again, that doesn't really mean much, uh, but it Yeah, but it does something. to me. It, it, it does mean something. It, I mean, Vegas, they're not into losing money, ladies and gentlemen. They're not. They're not in the business of losing money. Just go ahead and walk through any one of the casinos and look around. They always just seem to get bigger for some reason. (laughs) Just look around. The opulence is stunning, is it not? Yeah, they're not into losing. Some of the other names that are being tossed out there, uh, besides Vance Joseph and Sean Payton, Eric Bieniemy, Kellen Moore, Demeco Ryan's, Byron Leftwich. Um, I'm sure there will be more and more. And those are not like names that the Cardinals have interviewed. Those are just names that are out there on some of the lists that I've seen. Um, some of those are obviously offensive-minded names. Here's a couple more from Michael Bidwell. They asked him, "Okay, do you want another head coach who calls plays?" I think it depends on on the exact person, and I, I don't want to have any uh, cookie cutter idea about. What what that model is and what works best, um, but it's really going to be about. I want, and that's why the preference is to have the GM on board first, so that they can help with the evaluation of who who the best uh, coach will be and what that style is going to be. Boy, he was really consistent all the way through that press conference in terms of saying he want he wanted to keep an open mind, which is smart. It is that's smart. It's the best way to do it. Throw that net out there. For everybody because and everything. Even even him saying, I'd like to get the GM in here first, which is honestly what I would think too. But even just him simply saying that, doesn't that make you think, well, that's going to make it tough to get Sean Payton if you're waiting around to get the GM first? It, it does. I mean, I think with, I, again, I think Payton has to be treated as a completely different thing. There's the, if you're going down the path of where this may go, like the yeah. flow chart. All right, did you get Sean Payton? Yes. Okay, well, here's your path. No? Okay, then you want a GM first, you want to bring in this kind of play. Like it's, it's completely, it's right. two very different paths. Right, but keep this date in mind right here, January 17th. That is the first time, I believe, you can actually interview a person for a head coach. You can actually conduct an interview. I believe it's January 17th. That's two days after DeAndre Ayton can be traded. Oh my goodness. Yeah, a busy week coming up. <laughs> Are you going to end the show with a panic alert? I think I did. Uh, all right, so Sean Payton's the main one, and then one more from Michael Bidwell. Yes, that's why we're casting the net far and wide. I want to be wide open and uh, open-minded about um, who is the best candidate. It's not necessarily going to be an internal candidate. 
So we'll get more into this, but he wants that outside perspective, which I, I also think is smart. Thanks, Darren Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.